Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing on this Friday evening? Definitely. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, Woo! it's it's a different atmosphere and energy when you've already like lived a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before you get to before you jump on to to record. So, yeah, it's a different dynamic. I wish I had the forethought to have my vape pen with me, but I think my wife. <laughs> Oh, I have mine. Hmm. Oh, well, I'll live vicariously through you then. Fair. If I could pass, and I would. Uh, if I vaped right now, I'd probably start falling asleep. But uh, <laughs> so I'll stick with beer. But uh, yeah, it's I I I don't know. I used to smoke a lot more weed than I do now, and uh, I joke with my fiance because she works at a brewery. Uh, when we first started dating, she was more into smoking, or sorry, drinking than smoking weed, and I was the opposite. But now, right. we kind of balance each other out, where now, like, we both, like, she smokes more weed, and I drink more than I, but we, like, it really just balances out, so. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't know, I had a Okanagan Springs, I think it was what it was, um, peach cream ale a couple weekends ago okay and i rarely drink beer and so we're just out on like okan uh, like the uh, okanagan lake so just on lakeshore drive here and it's just kind of like a main strip here yeah and we were walking up and down i was so fucking tired <laughs> from drinking that beer because i rarely drink ever right and so i don't know beer just kind of just saturates in me and just dries me out like i just mm. feel so like like afterwards like it tastes good sure yeah. Uh, some of them do. There's a lot of IPAs that taste very piney to me, so I, I'm not like super all about it. But um, some of the fruity beers, I'm, I'm I'm all about. So I guess that's probably says a lot about me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's different beers for different folks, and there's also different Hannibal Lecter movies for everybody. Apparently. Hey, hey, good sag, good yeah, sag, right? Um, uh, yeah, we're talking Hannibal Lecter movies this week, and uh, oh boy, just. I argue two great movies, and I and some people. I, I would sleep, agree. People sleep on Manhunter, um, but Manhunter is fucking great. Um, I knew I liked it, and then I rewatched it for the podcast, and I'm like, "This movie fucking rules!" Like, yeah. Why don't we talk about this as much as we do Silence of the Lambs? If I don't get it, it's and it, it, it it's it's dripping with that early Michael Mann aesthetic too. Like it, 100%. like it, if you, I mean, because like, like I think it's the deep. Uh, thief and then this movie in his uh, yeah. filmography and like I mean he's got such an interesting look that that early that early 80s um, that, that the grayness the almost neon grayness that he has in this movie mm-hmm. um, which all gets switched up in a little bit when he does to live it it all switches up uh, a bit later when he uh, starts getting into his more modern stuff yeah but um and the, I mean, Manhunter isn't even faithfully executed to 
Thomas Harris's novel. Like, the, like when you see Red Dragon, you see where it really goes. And I'm talking mostly about the third act. But Michael Mann makes it his own, and it still works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, it's kind of funny because this movie kind of reminds me a little bit of Point Break. Like, it's got, mm-hmm. like, sort of this, like, high energy, which I love. So, And, like, um, a cer- certain naivety to our main character as well. Even though Will Graham is in control and is kind of the master of his own de- destiny in a lot of ways, he still has some of that Johnny Utah... Um, naivety to him that I think it was really interesting. Like sometimes he doesn't know he's being manipulated as he's being manipulated, both yeah. by Lecter and by uh, the Tooth Fairy. Mm. Um, so I, I find it very interesting. And yeah. again, it goes to that through to that ending, like how close quarters it is, how urban it is. Yeah. Uh, and it, it much different than the the Red Dragon ending, where it's on that you know it's on the beach at at Will Graham's like family home and everything, and and much more wide open. Yeah. Um, mm. This one, this 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 final confrontation feels almost claustrophobic. It does. Yeah. Cool. Well, what is Manhunter even about? Well, former <laughs> FBI profiler Will Graham returns to service to pursue a deranged serial killer. Sorry, dubbed the Tooth Fairy by the media, but he doesn't leave kids any coins. Right? No. no, no he just no. kills families. Um. Yeah. I was kind of fine when they were like, we're going to call it the Tooth Fairy. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. You know, it's like, <laughs> kind of. I get it, he bites on people, but like, wouldn't you call him like the biter or something? But I guess it doesn't sound as cool as the Tooth Fairy. So. It almost sounds like they're maybe trying to make fun of him a little bit, just like poke fun. Or kind of like with uh, the, he got so he got so upset about the news article implying that he might be gay for some reason, you know? So yeah. I feel like it could be, it could just be that sort of thing. Because otherwise, I agree. I don't know. I, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's like, oh, his teeth marks. Oh, okay. But I'm like, it seems like a bit of a stretch from that to Tooth Fairy. But I mean, Taylor is pretty much right on on the button for why he was kind of named that. At least because I've read the book as well. And it's kind of alluded to the fact that it may, like, the bite marks and everything construed as, as um, sexualized and everything but mm. i mean the viewer knows because we are we are kind of we we are privy to the tooth fader uh the tooth fairy's like um little romantic dalliance and little kind of romantic of almost obsession right and, and yeah. curiosity um especially the fact that she's that she's blind mm-hmm. yeah. is 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 a very much a uh um and and like a really cool performance too. Yeah, because well, I I really enjoy it because it's uh, Joan Allen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, so I, I really like her in it. Now, anytime someone's gonna mess with the Tooth Fairy, I'm just gonna imagine Tom Dunyan like hovering. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and I mean, a genre master. I mean, Tom Noonan has been putting great work throughout his entire career i mean we've covered a couple of them alone uh with house of the devil which is phenomenal uh and um monster monster squad so it's like very very special stuff and um yeah i i i i think his his performance may be 
maybe uh, may the tops in this movie. Hmm. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of I, I also really like William Peterson in this. Yes. Even though it's like, I don't know. I think it's like this and CSI are the only two things I know from. But ah, uh, to live to live and die in L.A. Okay. Uh, and fear. Um, he's uh, Reese Witherspoon's dad in fear with okay. Mark Wahlberg. There, there, there's a lot of good William Peterson performances out there. I, I highly recommend going through his filmography. Mm. But you look at his filmography nowadays and it's practically all CSI. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Because well, he's a very reclusive dude as well. Like He's very mm. soft-spoken and kind of introspective. You can kind of see that within his performances as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, a highly underrated actor for, for a long, long, long time. For sure. Cool. What was the first time we watched this movie? I watched it right after I read the book. So I would have been probably in my teens, probably in high school still. So I would say probably 16, 17 years old. Okay. Cool. I watched it for the podcast. I honestly don't know if I had really even heard of this movie before. Like, maybe the title I had heard of, but I had no idea that it was... Well, not about Hannibal Lecter, but that it was kind of a Hannibal Lecter movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. And I kind of went into it not really knowing that either. Like, I just put it oh. on and watched. And it was, yeah, it was it was great. That's awesome. <laughs> it was cool. And his his name is misspelled in this movie, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, with, like a, a with a... Yeah. With a yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had seen the movie on cable like eons ago because like i don't know i think i'm i would have been a teenager because nowadays we kind of like don't really think about this but like back in the day there was like a whole thing when like you'd be turned on a cable channel and they would be like the sunday night movie or something and be like oh it's gonna show show these and i think i remember i watched this during like yeah some sort of double feature with this and silence of the lambs like silence of the lambs was the big one i remember they were touting mm-hmm. like hey you can finally watch uh silence of the lambs on cable which again that was a whole thing too when like movies would come to cable and that was like their big debut and you would be like oh i've been waiting to watch this movie for a while perfect um yeah and i think i remember i watched this as a double feature with those two at the time, I didn't have any... Like, I don't have the knowledge of film that I do now. So I mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. like it because I didn't get it. And now that I've rewatched it, I'm like, fuck, this is so good. But, like, it took me a while to, like, understand filmography and acting and direction and all of these things that now when I'm watching this, I'm like, this movie is fucking great. In fact, mm-hmm. arguably, I like this more than Silence of the Lambs in a lot of ways. Just some things that this movie is doing that Silence of the Lambs doesn't. Um, it's kind of like an apples and oranges thing. Like, they're both doing different things and I like them for their different differences and whatnot, but I really like this movie. Like rewatching, I'm like, why did I fucking hate this movie? And I know why. Because mm-hmm. I was a teenager. So, unless you were a Star Trek movie or um, Blade, I was not really into it. I'm the, I'm <laughs> so, um, yeah, and like this is my second time I've seen this. Literally, so the only other time I saw this was when I was a teenager. And again, I was like, oh, I don't. I don't like this. And even go, going into this, I was like, I'm, I didn't like this when I first saw this. I'm probably not going to like this again. 
I was very surprised. I was like, again, how? Why was I so dumb when I was a teenager? <laughs> but I think it's just how it is. Like, there's just a lot of movies that, like, if you watch like Citizen Kane or Casablanca when you're a teenager, you're probably like, "What the fuck are these movies?" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like they, they're awful. But you watch them a bit later, and you kind of have a bit more respect for them and understanding. It's like, oh, this is actually really good. So. It works in a lot of uh, the opposite way for me sometimes, too, where I watched a really shitty movie as a teen that I really, really liked, and now as an adult I still like it because of nostalgia reasons, but it's, like, objectively bad a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that has happened a few times to me, too. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, got a couple emails. Uh, not nearly as many as we did for Silence of the Lambs. I'm very surprised. But I'm also not surprised because I guess Silence of the Lambs is more popular. But anyways. Uh, Bradley says you can definitely see some of the influence of this movie on Hannibal the TV series. I could, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would believe it. Well, I mean, there's both, right? Hannibal has, has um, both that uh, Ratner feel and the... Uh, um, man feel to to like, it as well. Even though we probably don't want to credit Ratner <laughs> no. that much because he's like, a piece of shit. So when William Pearson is like looking at the crime scene and he's kind of like doing it from this like ethereal kind of perspective, like that definitely seemed very much like Hannibal to me. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 Hugh Darcy's definitely borrowing a bit as that as well. But I mean, Edward Norton has a kind of like beautiful mind stuff what he's doing as well right so yeah i mean those are two i mean william peterson and 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 edward norton to base your performance off that's pretty two that's two pretty solid guys yeah to do that exactly all right uh kate says mary boff kill brian cox anthony hopkins or madden mickelson this is a tough one uh Oh my god, yeah. I don't want to kill any of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'll kill Brian Cox. Just for this role. Like, he's great in many other things, but I I don't know. He didn't really command the screen the same way the others two do. Again. Well, I mean, he. I don't... Arguably, he wasn't the Brian Cox yet. No. Um, like, and I don't blame him for that. Like, this is the thing. I'm like, Brian Cox, you have succession ahead of you you've got super troopers <laughs> hell he hell troy his yeah. role in troy he's so goddamn good in that movie yeah i mean that he the one that he did with lucky mckee uh the revenge one uh where those thugs kill his dog um yeah. red mm-hmm. that movie like i mean i i don't know like it, it's so tough because i i i even think for however small screen time he has in manhunter he owns that scene yeah so how do these questions are always so tough for me especially when <laughs> I, I, I yeah I, I don't have an answer i really don't have an answer i, I marry all of them for different reasons <laughs> um i fuck matt mads mickelson because he's mad mads mickelson yeah and i kill and i kill none of them i would kill brian cox again just for this role and I, I'm not saying that as Brian Cox as a reflection on him as an actor. It's just this role in particular. I think even he would probably say, this is probably not his, like, crowding achievement role. This is not his top-billed role that you would probably think of when you think of him. But So, in that sense, I will kill Brian Cox. 
Once again, <laughs> Brian Cox, you go on to many great things. I'm thinking of Succession, which I'm currently watching, and he's great in that. Uh, and then, yeah, Mary Anthony Hopkins, and then I'll boff Mads, because it's Mads Mikkelsen. Of course you would boff him. Can't, can't deny that you wouldn't. Yeah, I feel like I was pretty much going to say the exact same thing as you, Kurt. I, I don't know enough about... I feel like I don't know enough about Brian Cox as an actor to be able to judge him as an actor. But mm-hmm. based off of their performances as Hannibal Lecter, um, that, that's what I would base my answer on the most. I, I Anthony Hopkins... I mean, I haven't watched too much of Hannibal the TV series either, so maybe I can't give a super fair assess- assessment on Mads Mikkelsen, but that that's what makes sense to me, at least. It is a very good show. Definitely would recommend. If you like... If you like the silence, well, I guess the Hannibal Lecter kind of story, it's it's really good. It's definitely worth watching. It gets very cerebral at times. It's very weird, but it's it's really good. Mm. And the fangirls love it. The fangirls just go crazy for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um. Cool. Well, again, sorry, Brian Cox. You as an actor, you're great in this role. I don't know. It, it I'd like to be even in this, but it was like it definitely was like, oh, you were definitely not the same person as Anthony Hopkins in the next in the Sounds of the Lambs. Like and that's not a bad thing. You know, obviously there's no way Brian Cox was gonna know that you know, Anthony Hopkins was gonna succeed him eventually and take on the role, but still, it, it's just kinda funny. You're watching, you're like, this is just like two different people entirely it's funny because there is kind of like loose connections um because because um david lynch was originally circled to do manhunter Uh, of course manhunter wasn't the original title it was supposed to be red dragon uh but the film year of the dragon the martial arts film was being released the same year so they didn't want to get into any confusion um and then when jonathan demi came around to doing silence of the lambs he hired Hopkins to play Hannibal Lecter based on the performance that he saw in David Lynch's Elephant Man. Mm. Man, a David Lynch Manhunter would have been really cool, though. Right? Yeah. There, I definitely think it would have gotten a lot more psychological with both uh, Graham and and um, and um, Dollarhide. Um, and because it, a theme that is at play, and it's definitely at play in the Hannibal series, is the fact that, um, and it's also something that plays in that Mindhunter series, is that Will has um, personality traits within himself that are that correlate to somebody like Hannibal Lecter or somebody like Tooth Fairy and stuff. That they have, there is a possible switch in them that they could too be some kind of a mass murderer mm-hmm. and it's what makes them understand these minds and be able to profile them so much easier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of visual cues to that too in this movie yep. like a yep. lot of scenes where different characters are in the same position as other characters uh in particular both of the sex scenes in this movie seem mm-hmm. to have parallels in in the way that the characters are yeah. um kind of laying with each other almost um which also just totally like 
The second one kind of um, the roomed me almost. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have both seen the room, but there's the scenes that just kind of jump out at you, and that mm-hmm. se- second one kind of did that to me a little bit, <laughs> um, especially with some of the music that plays during it. But it's anyways, yeah. There's there's a lot of that kind of mirroring of those of Will's character and kind of any other serial character that comes up in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about primal natures um, at its heart. And, um, yeah, it, it's definitely a recurring thread. Let's try to get into some awards. What's our favorite quote or best line from the movie? Oh, there were some good ones. I liked when um, Will and Lecter were just chatting with each other. I think it's the first time that you see them together. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about... Um, he's asking him to help them catch the killer and... He goes, oh, I, I, you think you're smarter than me, or, oh yeah, because you caught me, you think you're smarter than me. And Will says, uh, I know I'm not smarter than you. Electra goes, then how did you catch me? Oh, you had disadvantages. What disadvantages? Well, you're insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good line for sure. Um, I liked that. I, I thought that was fun. I liked their banter, even though obviously Will was disturbed by it. Um, and then later on in that same uh, scene. That's when Lecter says, you want the, the scent, smell yourself. Um, kind of like you were talking about earlier, Steve, of, you know, the parallels of, is this you or mm-hmm. is this someone else? Are you the serial killer? Do you have these same tendencies? Yeah. I, I went with, um, uh, there was like the, well, I guess like the, the, the tooth fairy when he says like, uh, you owe me awe. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Like, oh man, Tom. It's Noonan a monstrous is... one. It's a monster line. Like, I would say this. I like Tom Noonan as an actor, but he really does like dark and deprived. Well, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I know he does other roles and stuff, but man, like, just stuff like that. Like, he fucking nails it in a way that I doubt any other actor could. So I don't know. I, I really dug that whole kind of... It's more than a line. It's obviously more... It's more like a monologue at that point, but, like, well, yeah, so good. And that line makes him almost a kaiju-level threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just fucking... He's just a monster. Yeah. And and especially... The other thing I really like is where he basically loses the humanity of Francis Dollarhide and falls for just full of force and the red dragon thing in front of Reba. Mm. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking, but inevitable. And it's, I, I, it's so well played. And the, this, the rising tension of that scene is so well plotted. Didn't mm-hmm. they reuse a line like that in red dragon, the 2002 movie too? I feel like they mm-hmm. did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Cause that's from the book and that like, yep. I don't know. I think that line just, it's weird because like these movies obviously come from the books, but it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that they pull these lines and kind of put them into the different adaptations that they do. It's it's I don't know. It's like a cool like unifier of these movies that yeah you don't get with too much other stuff. So no. Um, yeah. Any other lines that they ever liked? Those are pretty solid ones, I think. The only other one that I really had that I liked was uh, when he Will's talking about feeling sorry for the Tooth Fairy as a child. Um, 
And then he says, as an adult, someone should blow the sick fuck out of his socks. I like that one, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, best performance. This one actually is probably tougher than I thought it would be. Because there's a lot of really good yeah. things in this. I, my tops, I'm going to put, I would put um, Will, William Peterson and, and uh, Tom Noonan at the top. I really, mm-hmm. really like both of them. Yeah. Tied for second, um, Joan Allen um, has to be second with, just because I love him and he just oozes um, substance and 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 uh, grit. I love Dennis Farina so freaking much. Um, we were robbed of him when he passed away. I think it's probably it's over a decade ago now. But Dennis Farina is a guy that's always delivered in any role that he's in. Um, and always with that same smarm and that just abrasiveness. And, um, yeah, I love Dennis Freeman. Yeah. Mm, I feel like I'm going to go with William Peterson on this one. I really liked, I really liked the character of Will actually. And like the internal struggle he has throughout the movie. And honestly, that scene that he had with like his family and his son, and his yeah. son wanting to speak to his dad about something that he wasn't happy with. And I, I just, I don't know, the whole dynamic of all the characters uh, was really intriguing to me, uh, especially around Will. So I, I think I'm going to have to go with William just because I, I of how much I liked his character, too. <laughs> well, yeah. And, like, Will Graham's obviously one of the few characters that you also see in Hannibal, too. And it was very interesting to, like, juxtapose William Peterson's performance with Oh god, I'm forgetting the actor's name who plays him in Hannibal the TV series, but um... is it Orlando Bloom? No, in, oh no, in the in the series that plays Will Graham, it's uh, Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy, that's it. Yeah. Oh, oops, I get them mixed up. <laughs> you know what? Fair. I totally like. I like. I like Hugh Dancy as an actor, but I don't think he's done that much. Like he kind of seems to be happy he's, with whatever he's, he's doesn't. Like. He doesn't have a huge. Um, amount of like l- like leading man like big movie stuff no but i mean he's done a lot of great um oh, like did. supporting work like um uh, martha marcy may marlene mm. a phenomenal film with elizabeth olsen um the movie the J- make make gyllenhaal movie where she invents the vibrator uh hysteria <laughs> he's in that one okay um um he, I mean, he showed up in Downton Abbey. Um, he was on Homeland. Yeah, um, that was great. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, he's in a series called The Path with um, um, Breaking Bad. Uh, Aaron Paul. Okay. Yeah, that one's really cool. It's like about a cult and everything. Apparently that one's really interesting. Apparently, he's on Law and Order these days. That's like what he what really mostly. Yeah, and the, the funny thing is, I've been watching Law and Order lately. Re- recently just been like putting it on since our crave right uh, it's a weird show to watch nowadays but it it has its charm yeah um you know, I, i'm procedurals kind of lose me see um, i was talking to my fiance about this we we kind of enjoy it sometimes because we can put it in the background like we're cooking something or doing whatever else you come back you don't need to be paying attention to the plot because they'll recap it like five minutes later you're like okay right. i know where we're at but yeah, otherwise it's like no, procedural's not really my thing, but I don't know. 
weirdly I've been into Law and Order. So now that I see that he's on Law and Order, I'm like, maybe I should watch the season he's on because that would actually be kind of interesting to watch. But yeah, right. Uh, I don't think I've said my favorite performance yet because I'm also just a little undecided. Everyone is so great in this. Honestly, it's very tough, but I would probably tip the hat to Tom Noonan just because, like, I don't know, he really sells it. And honestly, it's like neck and neck with him and William Peterson. They're both fantastic in this for different reasons, but I don't know. I think for me it's kind of tough, too, because... I think Tom Noonan kind of occupies the dollar hide role very well. Whereas with the role of uh, Will Graham, like I do have Hugh Dancy in my head and mm-hmm. like, <laughs> not to say that Will Pearson does a bad job because he doesn't, but it's like, I was consistently kind of like in the back of my mind, I was like, what if Hugh Dancy was doing this scene? Mm-hmm. And I know that's not mm-hmm. fair, but that's, a, that's, that's where my headspace is at at least. So, but they're, they're both great, honestly. Well, to tack a little fun thing of, on about Hugh Dancy and to, related to um, Taylor's uh, the mistaken identity with him, both Hugh Dancy <laughs> and Orlando Bloom appear in Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down. Well, there we go. There you go. So they're basically the same person. Yeah, basically. Yep. Yeah. They, they share the same paycheck <laughs> for that one, I assume. Uh, yeah, presumably. Right. Or maybe Orlando Bloom made a bit more back in the day because that was kind of his heyday, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nowadays, I think Orlando Bloom, like he's got Gran Turismo coming up, but like he's yep. kind of been sitting off on the sidelines for a while. So some direct-to-video stuff. There's one that he did, a military one, where they're like tr- uh, him and his squad is like trapped in like uh, like a canyon. Uh, I think him, Scott Eastwood, a bunch of people. I think it starts with a C. It's not the Covenant because that's the um, Jake Gyllenhaal one. Um, but it was yeah, it was some military one that he did. I, I'm gonna have to look it up because I'm spacing it. But it was actually really damn good and it had such great tension and um, really well executed. Uh, give me a second. I'll have the I'll have it up in a sec. Oh, the Outpost. It was okay. Called. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool movie. Nice. Yeah, it's like Ham Scott Eastwood and Caleb Landry Jones are the main, main okay. characters. Yeah. Um, best kill. There's not a whole lot of kills in this, which is Freddie Lounds. Is that the the? Oh yeah, reporter? it's the reporter. Okay. Oh yes. yeah. Aesthetically, that seeing that fiery wheelchair come flying down, yeah, is so cool looking. Yeah. I, that fire it looked, looked like really cool. Million dollars. It that looks like a, a million shot. dollars. And it's Stephen Lang. I adore Stephen Lang. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Freddie Lowndes all day. Freddie Lowndes. I, uh, to be honest, like I was kind of going between that and Dollar Hide, but you convinced me that yeah, that's because it, it is really cool. I don't know the Dollar Hide one was very satisfying just because like we've been like obviously following the whole run of the movie, and I was like really waiting for Dollar Hide to get like a bullet in his head, and then yeah, sure enough, he got a bullet in his head, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, there's something to be said for Freddy's death in this that's just very, like, I don't know, it's very jarring to just see him, like, basically roll down that uh, ramp on fire. It's it's great. And it doesn't even look like Stephen Lang. Like, you mentioned Stephen Lang, and I'm like, 
I, it's not like I didn't believe you, but I'm like, that was Stephen Lang? Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I think uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman played him in the Red Dragon. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's cool. Do you see? Do you see? Because I remember South Park ripping on that. Yeah. Um, dumbest decision. Freddie Lowndes. <laughs> he yeah. has so many. He has so many bad, bad mistakes. He's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was gonna say Dollaride, assuming that uh, she was really that that into him. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that. Like, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like he had some very weird expectations of of Reba. That I mean, know. I mean, okay. I thought she seemed into him, and then, and then. Maybe he just like misinterpreted some other guy coming on to her because, like, she definitely started making out with him, like, she instigated that for sure. Yeah, uh, and then, and then I, I thought, like, okay, he sees her with another guy, then he's going crazy because he's obviously also insane. So then it just leads to what it led to, unfortunately. Well, but I guess yeah. I'm like, they didn't have a talk about being exclusive, so what's his whole deal about? But then, of course, he's a serial killer, so <laughs> logic goes out the window. But I was like, really, dude? Like, you forgot to, like, one date with her. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I put that, but then it's also like, well, he's a serial killer, and he's got some mental issues, so is it really a dumbest decision, or is this just part of his, like, psyche or something? But... I thought the dumb decision was more her part, getting some random ride home from some dude you just met at, in a creepy dark room. I mean, I guess she's blind, so she can't tell that it's a dark room, but like, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm going to take you somewhere, but I'm not going to tell you where. It's going to be a surprise. No, don't. I mean, I, I guess technically that night worked out for her, but like the whole experience didn't work out, you know? I really wanted the guy that she was kissing to just be like, is that Francis in the bushes over there? Like... <laughs> she's like i don't i don't know i don't see anything uh but yeah no it was i mean i don't know i can't really say there's too much in this that's dumb because like william kind of getting involved with the whole situation could probably say he's dumb but like you also know that he's driven to like see things through to the end and like that's just his mm -hmm. personality so i don't say yeah. that's really a dumb decision that's just more his personality kind of putting him in peril but that's not really a dumb decision um yeah i don't know i just think francis just being like well we've been on one date we must be exclusive like you didn't have the talk come on man you gotta have the talk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i almost thought that will getting back into the head of a killer was gonna turn back on him in much worse ways than it i don't even know if he necessarily suffered too much of what he went through before but I, I was like, oh, is this going to wind up with him, like, I don't know, like, going crazy or something like that? But well, thankfully, not, thankfully, he got a nice ending on the beach, which is nice. <laughs> not to spoil too much on Hannibal, but I think Hannibal explores that more in the way that you're thinking than this movie mm -hmm. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I think it's time to rate this movie. What's everyone thinking of the score for Manhunter? I'm gonna give this one a nine out of ten. Nice. I'm a big fan of this film. Yeah. Um, it's when it comes to um cat and mouse serial killer thrillers, it's 
one of the benchmark movies. It's one of the movies that should be studied when anybody's making a story like that. And um, uh, just the style in this movie, I, I love it. Yeah, and, and it's in- indicative of the '80s, of the early '80s too. For sure. Like, um, it, it, it's both so set in that era and also timeless. So, um, always a great watch. If you've never seen it, you should see it immediately. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'd also give it a nine. I mean, this is a really good movie. And honestly, there's not too many faults I have in it. Um, I was actually this close to giving it a 10 out of 10. But then my whole thing is, is like, I'm also comparing it to Silence of the Lambs. And mm-hmm. again, I think that movie does different things uh, than this. Like, they're almost two different movies entirely. Mm-hmm. In a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. And as much as I want to give this a 10 out of 10, I was like, now this is like having a really good meal and you're like this meal's so good but there's also another meal that's also really good and you're like ah, I don't know. so I'm mm. giving it a 9 but real reality is like it po- probably could be a 10 out of 10 it's very mm-hmm. good like this is such a good movie I have to go watch it a third time now just to really get into it a bit more mm-hmm. 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 Um, I don't know if I'm going to go as high as a 9 but I am going to give it an 8 for sure um, this is definitely like this is definitely going on my rewatch list. I loved, yeah, I loved just watching Will process everything and the way he figured out all the clues and talked through all the shit. And mm-hmm. um, I loved the way that it the, it told the story, how it gave you just enough as the viewer to see the serial killer side of things, to know that he was kind of getting close, you know, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it did everything like that so, so well. Um, so yeah, eight, I'm definitely going for an eight with this one. I see Scream Factory has a... Sorry, I see Scream Factory has a Blu-ray, so... Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. The the collector's edition, um, it's very worth picking up. Okay. I might actually buy that. Now I'm like... I really like the cover, too. Uh, Pretty. Yeah. Sorry. That was just... I just saw that. I'm like, I might have to go to Videomatica and go pick that up. Videomatica is a video store here in Vancouver. That's... Very well, good. and it's got both cuts on it. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, and it's got commentary with Michael Mann on the director's cut. Okay, I I'm picking this up. That's a yeah, yeah. It's totally worth it. Ooh, Amazon has it for one hundred and seventy dollars. Worth it. Holy <laughs> shit! Must be out, must be out of print then. Yeah, must be. It's the only unfortunate thing when it comes to shout stuff is Once it's the out of print. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm still hunting down trying to hunt down a copy of uh, Buckaroo Banzai. So any of you listeners out there, if you know of a copy of Buckaroo Banzai, the Shout Select version that's out of print, hit me up at the Steeple Dead on Twitter. Yes. Okay. Sorry, and Steeple, uh, you were, did you say your score for this? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, a nine. Okay. I'm going for nine. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, speaking of Steve, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, well, uh, as I said, uh, at the Steve Dead on Twitter, I'm also on the same handle on Instagram. I think that's my handle on uh, on um, uh, Letterboxd as well. Uh, you can find my website, stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on The Shift every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that one goes across Canada. And then you can hear uh, the monthly podcast I'm on uh, after the credits with Marina, Bill, and Melissa. And uh, yeah, that's it. 
Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Instagram and Twitch at the Techronomicon, or sorry, not the, just Techronomicon. I have a blog, blog. I upload to if I do anything else on the internet of note, and I usually upload scores for the movies we watched on the podcast to my letterbox, which is uh, under the username Circeanic. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm over on Twitter, Fopriticur, Fatal Koala on Letterbox. Uh, maybe one day Letterbox will let me change my handle so I can change it to Film Critiker, but for now I'm Fatal mm. Koala. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I'm over on 3 where we've got reviews going up and other stuff. Uh, you can hear me trash on The Flash, which is a fucking garbage movie that honestly would have been better suited to have coming out like 2006 because it looks like trash. Even by 2006 standards, it probably would have looked like trash, but probably would have fit better in that time frame than it does now. Uh, I was joking that the CGI in that movie looks like it comes from like a PlayStation 3 game or PlayStation 2 game. It's, it's <laughs> um, Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, by the time this episode comes out, you'll probably be able to hear my thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I have a feeling might disappoint me, but we'll see. Uh, I just feel like at this point, there's nothing that can touch the original trilogy. Like, try mm. as they might, it's just, I don't know, it's tough. Those three movies are just perfection for me. Yeah, I don't expect it to be on any sort of those levels, but what I, my expectations is that James Mangold has not disappointed me yet. Yes. I've tried to think of, like, what James Mangold has done that's, like, a franchise, and I can't think of much. But, like, no. he does do great stuff. It's just, this is his time playing in oh. somebody's... Logan. Logan, okay. Yeah, Logan was good. So, okay. Maybe maybe there's hope. Yeah. Check in with us. I don't know. <laughs> this is out. She could, by the time this episode is out, you can probably check my letterbox and see what my score is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess a three out of five. That's my guess. I don't know. Um, cool. Well, until next time when we talk about Science of the Lambs. Bye for now.